Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with zero limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted, 99% of places in the United States to take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nelson Report limitations apply. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, Kentucky is back in a big way, mm. Tate. I hope America enjoyed uh, the, the down season, the jokes, the memes, the what have yous. The I hope you got a lot of play out of the John Calipari picture in that press conference. He's back. Like a, a, a ragged old man that that is uh, the game has passed him by. The game has not passed him by. John Calipari has declared war on the entire Big Ten. He has poached basically Illinois' entire coaching staff. <laughs> He definitely did not tamper and landing mm-hmm. CJ Frederick from Iowa. Definitely uh, these, did not. These are things that that, <laughs> that have happened recently, and uh, <laughs> Kentucky basketball is back in a big way, Tate. So I know we're excited about this because we're not Kentucky fans in the slightest. We are content mm-hmm. fans, and no mm-hmm. one does content like John Calipari. John Calipari is one of a kind. Cal's guys are back, and Orlando Antigua is back. He got offered a million dollars to be an assistant coach. That was a college basketball moment you know mm-hmm. this is a changing of the guard now we have almost college football money where we got coordinators that are already making a million dollars in college football now we're getting you know bad guys in mm-hmm. college basketball are worth a million dollars this is great news for everybody great news for the program great uh, news for amateur sports if you love amateur <laughs> sports who doesn't love bidding war that that touches seven figures for an assistant coach in college basketball i know i certainly do uh speaking of shaking up college basketball uh this is a a Tale as old as time. You can mark your calendar by it. Uh, we must be about a month removed from a national championship because the powers that be have decided to get together and figure out how to save college basketball, Tate. Yes. What What do we need to do mm-hmm. to save a sport that is not broken per television ratings? And that wow. To love, and we, we do care time, about the TV ratings. What are people going to do? This is a conundrum. But at the same time, we have to fix everything. So uh, there are apparently rule changes that are. I mean, we talked about them like they threw they threw them out like a few weeks ago. We we kicked them around, but apparently the NCAA is meeting about these now, and we are going to suss out. Uh, Literally right now, I think it's happening yeah, like, today. <laughs> it might be we might have decisions by the time we post this mm-hmm. podcast. But uh, we're we're going to talk about rule changes and fixing college because it's one of the funniest dumber conversations that happens every offseason but uh i don't know we have to have it because there are rules that are gonna be changed so we'll, we'll hit on those uh anything else is that it we, or is that- we also have to hit jalen green the, yes uh, the, the yes. g league prospect who says if i had gone to college basketball i would be the number one pick yep he left money on the table college basketball is back let's talk about it i can't wait we are going to we're going to talk about all that but first woody durham All right, I'm going to preface it at the top that uh, I got my second vaccine shot yesterday, Tate, mm-hmm. less than 24 hours ago. And so if uh, by the end of this podcast, I just start dozing <laughs> off, um, I'm just going to let you take it from here. And uh, I feel fine right now. I feel a little groggy, a little tired, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So just yeah. I, I want to get out ahead of it. I want to control the narrative, mm-hmm. as they say. Before, if you're low uh, energy, I'll be yes. sure to remind <laughs> yes. people of that uh, to make sure they know where we are in this situation. Because, yeah, you're dealing with I mean, you're coming off. You're basically on IR right now. Yes. Um, thank you. I, 
I, I am one of the few people in this world that got the J and J shot. I was out for three days. You got it like right before. I, I got it as the, as they decided to pull it. Basically, uh, I wondered why it was so easy. And uh, the, the, the lady administering it gets a buzz on her phone. It was like, yeah. "Don't do that anymore." She looks down. She goes, "Oops." And then you're like, "What happened?" She's like, "Uh, nothing. Yeah. You're good. You're good to go." <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah. So go sit over there and make sure they watch you for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm like sitting over there, like not feeling great. Got to drive home an hour. What a great time! I, I'm happy that you're you're looking better than I did. I, I thought it was over. I, I was Casper the ghost. Yeah, I'm, I'm piecing it together. It was a very I was very slow to rise, but uh, anyway, I, w- I wanted to get out ahead of it. Uh, that's that's what this business is, Tate. You gotta you gotta get out ahead of things. So yeah, if I start slurring my words towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> just let it slide. Just let it go. That's what, that's what's <laughs> going on. All right, let's get down to business. Um, yes. We have to start with Kentucky because mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky is all the rage in, in this college basketball offseason. Is the Kentucky-Indiana rivalry back, by the way? Because I just saw that uh, Anthony Calhoun, a, a local reporter in Indiana, was talking to Mike Woodson about it. Mike Woodson wants to, to make it happen, obviously. I mean, I don't know. Everyone says they want to make it happen, but are they mm-hmm. going to actually do anything to make it happen? Um, but it might be back. If it's not back on the court, it might be back off the court because by my estimation, the two programs that are dominating the offseason discussions right now in terms of the moves that are being made, uh, if it's not Gonzaga, and in a lot of ways, it kind of is Gonzaga. But if it's not Gonzaga, it's, it was Indiana when they hired Woodson. And he started like laying in all these recruits and getting Trace Jackson Davis to stay. Now we have shifted away from Indiana. They are out of scholarships. The, the, the roster turnover at Indiana is over. We now shift south to Lexington. And now Kentucky is dominating all the conversations because, uh, yeah, the, John Calipari, if, for, for those who aren't, who aren't aware, Orlando Antigua uh, is, is, was his assistant when he first started at Kentucky, right? Yes. He, he was at Memphis with them. Moves mm-hmm. over to Kentucky with him. Was there for like five years. They win the national title together. Uh, Antigua eventually leaves, goes on to apparently not greener pastures, um, and has now come back home to Camelot, as Rick Pitino called it. Uh, <laughs> he's back in, in, in Big Blue Nation. Um, and as you brought up at the top, this is big news because uh, Orlando Antigua was Illinois' top assistant this year. Brad Underwood did all he could to keep him. And by all, all he could. could Historically, all he could. absurd amount of yes. money. Mm-hmm. And still... Antigua goes to Kentucky, and as as if that was not enough, the twist of the knife is they take Illinois' other assistant, Chin Coleman. Chin yep. Coleman is now going to Kentucky as well. Um, is this diabolical, or is this is this is this the rules of the is this is this college basketball in twenty twenty one? How do we how do we feel about this? Does this make Calipari like an evil genius? Is he not evil at all? Is it like that's just how the game is played, baby? Where, where do we land on this tape? I, I think it's a, that's the game, baby. You know, don't hate the player. That's, that's where Calipari is always going to land on this. And he loses a guy and Tony Barbie that goes to be a head coach again, who was at, you know, Auburn. I remember his first year at Auburn, Calipari went out and said, Tony should have been the coach of the year in the SEC, even though they were below 500. <laughs> Calipari, Calipari had DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. And he's like, Tony should be the coach of the year. Cal's guy. Uh, it's yeah, Cal's guy. guy. And, and that is, I think, what Orlando is at the end of the day. He is a part of the Calipari Mafia, uh, so to speak. And he was down to come back home. I don't even know what the price tag was for him, but I think it was obviously everything he needed and more uh, to come back to Calipari. And if you're you know, in the recruiting space, you realize that Calipari is not just you know, recruiting these high school one-and-done Jalen Green types. He wants your best player on your team. It is so funny to me, Titus, the new phenomena that we have now. Kentucky basketball, their official Twitter account, is a guy wearing an Iowa jersey hitting shots, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> like that that's that's hilarious you know that's where we are in college basketball CJ... savior is, is, is the guy <laughs> on iowa who like is scoring even... against north carolina you know could, one of his best even, games of the season he couldn't even be on the floor against oregon because he was so athletically it was such an athletic mismatch against yes <laughs> and now he's like now kentucky fans are like and, and that's where we are. Like we're recruiting guys on other teams. And instead of it being a tipped and edit, it is now like literally highlights from another school uh, with them wearing <laughs> another Jersey. And that is like, that's, that's what Calipari is recruiting now. And I've, and, I, and like the new rumor, have you heard this, that Jose Alvarado from Georgia tech, you know, Kentucky's yeah. looking for a point guard. Right. And they're going after Jose. So Josh oh pastor, I said he was early good guy of the year. He's going to lose Moses, right. And potentially oh, no. Jose Alvarado. Oh no, you can't do that. John, that is John, a bridge too far. Please. I know. That's Not what like I'm saying. This, Orlando's coming in hot. We don't know what Orlando is is what the offer was or what. I mean, like we we just know it, that it's uh, not public, no. But yeah, it, it will be. Not, it, it will, will be, be eventually. eventually as we know, yeah. but uh um it makes me wonder. My mind immediately goes. Anytime guys uh do this sort of thing, which this sort of thing is basically like a high profile. I, I guess, you know, using Indiana as an example, Dane Fife going from Michigan State where he, he felt like he had a cushy gig there and he mm -hmm. goes to indiana um he, he comes home orlando Antigua is not from lexington but in a lot of ways this is him coming home to, to sit on the assistant bench my yep. mind immediately goes to tate is there some sort of uh, uh coach and waiting situation that was mm. discussed i don't necessarily think kentucky should do that in fact i would say kentucky should not do that <laughs> but was that part of the offer if you're, if brad underwood is offering orlando antigua over a million dollars a year to be an assistant basketball coach uh, there, the, the offer of Kentucky had to be better. Like, I, you know, maybe the money wasn't better, but there had to have been something that was lucrative about this. Mm -hmm. Um, or I guess it might just be an indictment of what Illinois has going on. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe Orlando's like, I just want to get the hell out of here because Illinois is a disaster, which I don't think that's fair to say. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to piece this together of, of what could this offer have been? Is there, we know John Calipari has a lifetime contract though. So Cal has to coach until he dies. Those are the rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, is there going to be a face swap situation? Is Cal going to like cut off, like have somehow let Orlando wear Cal's face and like so it looks like Cal's the coach, but really Orlando? I don't know. Is there puppeteering on this? I'm I'm curious. I can't wait to see what these details are and, and how they got Orlando Antigua. I I can only imagine that if it's not a million dollars, that there was some chicanery behind the scenes, right? We got to say that there was something there, whether it be you know a guarantee of like a, a sponsorship deal with a you know a Coca Cola or a uh, you know a Wendy's bag alert major bag. I don't know what kind of deal they were able to pull off, but there had to be some sort of incentive for Orlando to go back, and also. I don't think Calipari has the power to say he has a coach in waiting despite his lifetime contract. Yeah, I think if I think so if Calipari told the the Kentucky boosters that he had a head coach in waiting, they they would laugh at him. They would, yeah, but <laughs> but does that does that just just because John Calipari can't tell Kentucky that I have this coach in waiting doesn't I, I mean think he, he can't tell Orlando exactly. Or he can't. I mean, at the end of the day, he's he is recruiting the recruiter, and you can't right. bullshit a bullshitter. You know what I mean? This is a. <laughs> That that is the situation. And I think Calipari was down to to say whatever he needed to do. And so was Orlando or Antigua, you know, in turn to for the recruits, the five stars. So it's perfect. It's a perfect marriage. And if if it leaks that he's making eight hundred and fifty thousand, we know that, that that other sum is being made up in some yeah, way. I was gonna say what what is the suspicion what what will make your spidey senses go nuts? Like what is the number if it's below that? Because to me, like honestly, eight hundred and fifty thousand you seems can talk about right. Seems about right. Like they offered mm -hmm. him eight hundred he he said, I'm, I will take a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar pay cut a year 
to go back to to working to, to competing for national titles because to be a blue blood. Yeah, I feel like maybe I can't compete for national titles at Illinois if that's what his train of thought was. Um, that would check out to me. But if it comes out that they're paying him like five fifty, six hundred, or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, hang on a second. What? Yeah, it just it won't add up. It really won't. It won't add up unless they're paying. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of uh, what, what I, I don't know. My spidey senses will go nuts. We will be on the case. The Hardy Boys of college basketball will have a case that we'll always be trying to uh, get to the bottom of. Uh, by the way, Kentucky is now. I saw, uh, according to the the crystal ball, twenty four seven, whatever the hell is that become like the. The, the recruiting service of note, by the way, like two, four, seven, two, four, seven is the one, right? Like that's the one that I, people, I feel like it's the, the ESPN 60, you know, the beyond Cardi 60 that has the top 60 recruits is what kids want to be like number one ESPN, but they actually look at the two, four, seven ratings. I think the two, four, seven in the business, in the industry uh, yes. are more respected, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, yeah, shout out to, to Evan probably, Daniels. That was like my, yeah. sc- the scout days were great. You know, I worked as scout, you know, that was, that was a great we really, time. We really should get Fox to do, to let us run our own recruiting service mm. like where we just kind of <laughs> do Titus shit. edits. This is the time <laughs> we just throw shit against the wall. We got Peyton Watson at number one. Mm. We got like three Carolina guys. That no, are we can 20. legitimately be paid off. You know, yeah. if you want your kid yeah. to be a five star, if you want a nominal five star, here's the package. I mean, that's literally what Tipton edits <laughs> does, right? Like that's their business model is just like, Give us money. We will make a graphic that says you're a five-star. Done. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Why can't we do that? Yeah, number one player in the state. You just, it's got to be number one player in something. You know, state, number one yeah. city and, you know, number one player in the city of Indianapolis. City, we'll City's great. Like, if you're number one player in the city. Uh, Who can argue that, that? Like, nationally, that doesn't mean anything. But, like, in some cities that, like, there are guys that are probably from Philly that would rather be, like, number one in the city of Philly. Mm-hmm. Than, or New know, York City. Or New York City. Like I was yeah. the number one recruit coming out of New York City. And it's like, yeah, you were like number 57 overall. It's like, doesn't matter. I was number one <laughs> in New York City. That's all that matters. That but by by virtue of being number one in New York City, I was actually number one in the country. So yeah, you know how it the, works. You know how this is how it works. Uh but but two four seven, uh the, the crystal ball says Ty Ty Washington, a five star, who is one of the, the top guys left in this class of 2021, who has not committed yet. As as you might imagine, um, there are not a, not a lot of guys left because a lot of these guys are uh, have figured out where they want to play and they're going to show up on campus if they haven't already. Yeah. Um, but there are a handful of guys who have not Tate. One of them is Ty Ty Washington, who is now expected mm. per the crystal balls, mm. per my big old crystal balls, uh, expected to go to Kentucky. So Kentucky wow. has added two. Illinois assistant coaches. They have a five-star waiting in the wings. They already have five-star Damian Collins, who is committed. Uh, and then Os- Oscar Shubway uh, already transferred in the middle of the season. And Kelly yep. Grady um, has transferred. This is this is what's all bum- bubbling in Lexington. The Kentucky Wildcats are back. But also, maybe not. Because, you know, as you said, they, we've reached the point where they're showing highlights of CJ Frederick is like, we're back. We finally got the shooter. We needed. <laughs> I mean, and Kellen Grady, like I've, I've seen a lot of people say that Kellen Grady is Steph Curry and you and I, we watched him at the Asheville Maui Invitational this year. And we were kind of shocked that he doesn't shoot as many threes as he yeah. used to. He's like yeah. become more of a, like, uh, I mean like DeMar DeRozan mid-range score. It felt like, yeah. and that was, that was a strange, you know, wrinkle and all, and all of this. And also when you have five stars coming in and you have vets that expect to play and get drafted in the first round i'm always fascinated by that mesh because it usually turns into a culture war you know that's what happened at carolina a little bit so 
I'm not. Stu- yeah, I'm not stupid enough to say this is definitely going to work. Like Kentucky's going to be awesome. But they're going to have a lot awesome. of talent in the building. They're going to be. They're going to yeah. have my attention. I think that's all we ever want out of Kentucky. Is is <laughs> I, I want you to have my attention, and uh, you do. You definitely have my attention down there. What What does this mean for Illinois? Like, what What is the read on Illinois from this? Because I've seen some Illinois fans. Um, it, it it seems a little split. Like some Illinois fans think like this is not the worst thing in the world because uh, one like Underwood kind of knew this was coming. This Antigua especially had been in the works for a long time. Um, in fact, they were reporting that he was going to Kentucky, and then there were reports like a month ago, and then there were reports since then that was like no, not so fast. Underwood is now putting together a massive bag to keep him. Yeah, and then he ends up going to Kentucky anyway. So this wasn't exactly like a blindsided uh, uh, deal. So I've seen some Illinois fans try to be like, "No, this isn't that big of a deal." Like the the fact that uh, you know our 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 assistant coaches are so desirable is actually a good thing. We shouldn't <laughs> be upset about this. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like more Illinois fans are taking the approach that maybe I would take, which is like we were a program that has been not in shambles, but like you know coming out of the 05 title game that it was, it was pure ecstasy. They, they come up just a little bit short against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. There's a feeling coming out of that game where you're like, this is, this is who we are now. This is our program. As we know, they never really got back to that height. They had to, they had a decent run towards the end of Weber's uh, run with the Dimitri McKamey. Yeah. They tried Myers, with Leonard, like that, yeah. like kind of way 2012 of yeah. guys. They had like a decent John gross early years weren't horrible. Um, but they never really got back to like super national prominence until this season. And so if I'm an Illinois fan, I was saying this was our year. Uh, we won the big 10 tournament. We, we, in our minds, we should have won the big 10 regular season. If not for uh, Michigan dodging us and, and shady <laughs> standings, tiebreakers and all that. Um, everything was training in the right direction. And now the entire program, it's not the entire program, but it feels like the entire program is gutted. IO is going pro Adam Miller, our five-star recruit uh, from in state has transferred to LSU. We've lost our two uh, uh, top assistant coaches and Georgie Bashan is Billy, the guy whose name we love to say, and who, who <laughs> Robbie Hummel loves shouting out all the time. He is now leaving the program as well. Yep. Is the sky falling in Champaign? You were a guy who you've been on the Illinois bandwagon mm-hmm. uh, for a calendar year now, a full year. Yep. Um, Talk, talk to your Illinois brethren and tell them that things are going to be okay. Well, the Frasers are coming home. Trent Frazier is back. Chester Frazier just got hired from Virginia Tech, uh, who played for Bruce Weber there and uh, had been at Kansas State, been at Virginia Tech, is a young assistant that I think can uh, help with you know the hole that has been left by Antigua. I think you got what you wanted out of you know this season if you're Illinois. You got the national spotlight. I think you still have talent. I think I really like the backcourt with Corbello and Trent Frazier. I know mm-hmm. it's a little bit small, but it's also fascinating. Kind of gives me a Napier and uh, Kimball Walker vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those two guys mm-hmm. can go ISO. They can get you buckets. I wish that they had Kofi coming back. But this was the time to do it. And I think Kofi's if you were... might be back, right? Like he he's not 100% gone, right? Do I have that right? I mean, I mean, he's I, he says he is, but I mean, yeah. with with the NBA, you got to really show something. So it's it's hard. I mean, I we just saw Armando Baycott for North Carolina. He said he was all in to test the waters, and then now he's back in North Carolina. So it's so maybe they, Kofi will be back. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. If they have a big man, then we have a real shot. But yeah. I think if you're Orlando Antigua, unfortunately, you saw Brad Underwood in this tournament not be able to adjust to what was happening in a game, and you might have said maybe we don't have the the coaching. Uh, ceiling that we yeah. want here to win a national title and that's why you get out of dodge so that's my real concern with illinois i'm not a, i'm not really concerned about the talent going there as much as i am about uh you know brad underwood being able to coach his way to a championship so yeah 
Also, a big kick in the dick to lose to the the tiny ass in state school. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's that's not a good in the second round. Like losing in the second round is already bad enough when you're the one seed and you had expectations of going to the final four. But to lose to the the tiny school with the nun up the road. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> tough because fun. that's it, never fun. Yeah, you you got to be you you can't go away from what got you there, right? That's always yeah. the knock in a tournament environment. So I don't blame them for not making many adjustments. But at the end of the day, when you have Crowick, you know, absolutely stopping everything in the pick and roll. You yeah. know, and making Kofi Covert look absolutely lost in the defensive end. We gotta, we had to figure something out, and they seemed to kind of stick to their guns there. And there that, were, that it, worried me a little bit. I, I, you're right. Uh, but I guess my counter to that would be: I remember watching that game and texting you, and it was like four nothing. This one's over because yes, like I don't think there was anything you could really do. You have because Coburn, Crutwick was going to run circles around Coburn. If they, th- th- that's why, like we being the the people who watch the game, the media, the fans, mm-hmm. everybody else, like it felt like the consensus was that if they played again the very next day, Loyola would have won again. Like they were just a horrible matchup as, as Andy Katz pointed out. <laughs> bad matchup. Yeah. Just a bad <laughs> matchup. Um, so, but, but I get you, I, I get you if, uh, uh, you know, there, there's always going to be concerns about a guy like Underwood. If you have to prove it, that's how college basketball works. I mean, it seems stupid because, you know, we, we've seen uh, coaches the last two tournaments we've had that have won national titles that quote unquote, can't get it done in March. And then now they've won national titles and now moving forward, uh, you know, we, we have to pretend like Scott Drew is a genius in March. And it's like nothing in Scott Drew's mind. It's like nothing changed. I've been the same guy the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just how it works. That's how we have to evaluate these guys. So uh, until Brad Underwood gives us a reason to believe in him, I, I don't I don't blame anybody for wondering, you know, yeah. that's just kind of how the game is played. I'm just saying, if I'm Illinois fans, I'm not worried about being able to bring in the the top recruits, the five star recruits. I think you'll still be able to do that because you showed that you can get a guy like Io and Kofi on the big national stage, and you know the Chicago recruits, Titus. We always yeah. talk about it. Get bring them home They're to Illinois. They're supposed to, by the way, Illinois. The, the third assistant, Stephen Gentry, who they mm-hmm. hired from Gonzaga. He was the the, the director of ops at Gonzaga. Uh, there are rumblings, there are rumors, there are whispers that. Uh, that he is going back to Gonzaga to replace Tommy Lloyd. <laughs> so they might lose all three assistants. <laughs> but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe Brad Underwood's like, dude, my my adjustments. What are you talking about my adjustments? These dumbass assistants I had were telling me to yeah. that Krutwig was a bomb. <laughs> yeah, who scouted like, this guy? Oh, yeah, he's like, look at the bench. He's like, are you guys kidding me? <laughs> wasn't me, dude. I mean, I do take full responsibility. I'm the head coach. The buck has yeah, to stop. But somewhere. it's not my fault. But it's also not my fault. <laughs> that was Orlando scout. What the hell? <laughs> Man, dude, that, that could be shady. That was Cal recruiting Orlando like he did with the players. He was recruiting the coaches. So he's like, I'm not even scouting because I know yeah. I'm going to Kentucky. Oh, oh. I, I uh, we, we, did, we kind of glossed over uh, Frederick from Iowa. I mean, we mm-hmm. kind of we, we talked about how funny it is that, that Kentucky's a, a program built. I mean, the best you know, the best stars. subtweet of the year roster update with CJ Frederick leaving the program. <laughs> that was what Iowa put out when he left uh, roster yeah. update. I, I wanted to talk about the circumstances of that because if you haven't been paying attention, um, this this is setting off some big time tampering bells in mm. uh, in Iowa City. We'll put it that way. That uh, and, and it stems from was it his dad, his his uncle, uh, was, was on some Facebook group during the season. That, like Frederick is from Kentucky, right? Or is he, he from? He's from uh, like the southern part of uh, Ohio. Of Ohio, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from the. He went to he went to school in Cincinnati. That's right. There you go. Um, but he, he's apparently like it's, you know Cincinnati is is 
it, it's the, the the tri-state area we, you know how it works like there's yeah, a lot exactly. of kentucky ohio state cincinnati Influence. Xavier, overlap yeah. there's a lot yeah. of whatever so apparently someone in his family i forget if it was his dad or his uncle uh was was on some kentucky basketball facebook group and they were bitching about not having shooters during the season and uh he had commented help is on the way something, <laughs> something along those lines <laughs> during the season <laughs> uh <laughs> and the reason that is interesting is because the way it is supposed to work. I didn't that, see that. That's awesome. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, I I, so, I knew that there was family that were involved and that they were posting things, but I didn't know explicitly that he said help is on the way. Said, That's hilarious. He said like like help is coming or help is on the way, something like that. And again, the reason this is noteworthy is because the way the transfer portal is supposed to work is that there's no contact with with anybody until. Uh, you know, you enter your name in the portal that basically unlocks you to to be contacted by coaches around the country. And Iowa fans are losing their mind because they see that as an, an admission that there was some back channeling, there was some tampering, that John Calipari was calling CJ Frederick during the season saying, come on home, CJ. And uh, whether it's true or not, uh, I don't blame Iowa fans for feeling that way. But at the same time, like we, we talked about this before, talking about the transfer portal, I don't really – I'm not sure where I land on tampering anyway. Like, I don't understand how, I don't know if I really fully buy that. That's like a bad thing that like <laughs> coaches are trying to poach players. I mean, when you put it that way, <laughs> I guess like if you're recruiting guys off of other guys bench, maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I, cause like, cause I, I feel like you, when you have rules that, that human beings cannot talk to each other, you, you are wading into the employee territory. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, like it's, it's that, that's where my mm -hmm. problem is, is that if you're telling me John Calipari can't talk to another human being, like what that, that the, the other human being has, he, why is he bound by certain rules? If he's not an employee of your organization, that's where I start to get in murky territory. And I think it's kind of bullshit that, that players can't talk to other coaches, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And obviously the players know these coaches and they have relationships. And the only time that I get frustrated, it's when it's, you know, it, it's it's almost negative recruiting while you're on a bench. You know, it's texting yeah. your guy and or DMing a lot of DMing. That's the DMing, other part of this. Yeah. It's a lot of Instagram DMing and Twitter DMing that says, hey, man, if you were here, you'd be getting 15 and 10. Yeah, that kind of stuff I, I find uh, how do you police putting also at the same time? Yeah, you know, like who, what, what are you gonna have? Like the NCAA has been they, they put Will Wade on a platter and handed it to the NCAA, and then is like, We need more time, we have to figure yeah. this out. Yeah, like they how were are like, you gonna, Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> how is the NCAA going to like get into people's the coaches' DMs and suss out? Like, okay, it says here that uh, an assistant coach sent this player the eyes emoji. Um, what, what does, and then now they're like sussing out what the eye emoji means. And the mm -hmm. coach is like, I was mm -hmm. just saying, I saw this. Yeah. I was saying, I saw I him. And he played I good. Saw, I saw you played good. That's all I was saying. <laughs> and then the, the, the prosecution is like, no, no, he was trying to recruit yeah. him. The, the eye emoji clearly means. <laughs> and Mr. Frederick, what did you mean by help is on the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seems impossible to police. So, uh, no, it, it, all of it is impossible to police. That is the best part about the NCAA. I mean, to, to give full context on the NCAA, at least from my vantage point, they got Adolph Rupp to get rid of a season at Kentucky as a PR move to sort of basically say, hey, if you keep cheating this this on the nose, this out in the open, yeah. you have to pay for it. And Adolph Rupp was like, I'll take, I'll take the hit this year. We're not going to be good anyway, like what we see in college basketball today. But it was also PR for the NCAA to say, watch out for the big, bad NCAA. Mm -hmm. They're going to come and get you. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you're trying to get yourself. So they're, they're not going to they're not going to be par a party to that most times. And uh, with Kentucky 
you know, with Carolina, with Duke, with, with the Blue Bloods, the Blue Bloods are, they are the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Indiana's a true blood. They're the game. <laughs> NC State, they're a true blood. They're the game. Ohio State, they're a true blood. They're oh, a game. They're part you. of the game. UCLA, they're a part oh. of the game, you know? And then we have the Gonzagas of the world. And, and I read the Tommy Lloyd story where he's like, I, I saw the FBI stuff happen and I was so happy because I knew that there was nothing they could dig up on me. You know, so we have we, we it's 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 a lot of culture war that's going on, too, with all this, which is great. And that's that's the fascinating part of college basketball with with the, the whole landscape now it feels very open and it feels like we all know and it's a wink wink deal. You can recruit players and, to other teams. They could transfer to your school. Uh, we know that they should be getting paid in NIL, NILs right. on the way. It just seems very much more forward than it ever was. And more than anything, the moral compass on it all has flipped on its head to where even if people knew stuff, they're not ratting people out anymore. Not that, uh, I mean, I guess the the general public by and large believes that most of this stuff is not a big deal that are NCAA rules. And they've turned on the NCAA to where if, uh, I don't know, you, you somehow do have a tip or you somehow do think something is fishy you don't care anymore. You're like, I don't, why, why would I, it doesn't matter. Who cares if this kid got paid? Who cares if, so there's, there's not like in the media, especially there's not like a media firestorm around uh, like the Zion Williamson lawsuit <laughs> yeah. that he had going on. I yeah, mean, if that happened like 20 yeah. years ago, Oh man, dude, Huge. like every, I mean, there, there would be just reporters covering like every, every NBA games I played, there would be people asking about it after the game and talking about like, were you paid to go to Duke? This is a huge deal. Uh, and now I think most of the media is like, who cares if he got paid? He, he deserves it. That's what, and um, the same with a lot of this other stuff. And that's where I land on tampering is like, even if I knew that Cal was tampering to CJ Frederick, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's kind of the game. And like, why can't, why can't I, I who cares I mean, like, if it happened now yeah. or if it happened, like he puts his name in the portal. And then if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Gonna At gonna the happen. end of the day, uh, you know, Fran McCaffrey and coach Cal are close. I mean, they, they go way back. They, they know each other oh. very well. I don't think McCaffrey would be mad at coach Cal, to be honest with you. I mean, he may be annoyed by the whole situation, but he's annoyed with the kid. And that's what it, it also creates these weird relationships where like the family and the, the team, as we like to call them, you know, team Frederick says we help is on the way. So I then mean, like, listen, it's, it's, I'll, I'll put it in a, I'll use an analogy of, uh, 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 men and women in relationships because that's, how, <laughs> that's what people love out of their uh, sports punditry. If you are in, 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 if you are married to a woman, say Tate, <laughs> you might be a redneck. You might be, if you're married <laughs> to a woman and, uh, she cheats on you and then like mm. leaves the marriage to, to, to be with the new man versus, uh, the, the woman, tells you she's going to leave you and then marries the new man or gets with the new man. Like it doesn't matter at the end. Yeah. Of the, you know what I mean? The outcome like, is like the, the same. Sting is the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like if your girlfriend, she, like whether she cheats for- on you or she's the, like, the formality of it all. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I don't need it to be done properly. It's still improper. In your head, no matter you get way. cheated on. Yeah. You're like, I would have been okay with this if you just would have told me and then slept with him a day later. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, you wouldn't have. You would have yeah. still been just as upset. So like, I would I would have been upset to know honestly beforehand. Like the yeah. premeditation of it all would have hurt me. <laughs> yeah, like uh, as it turns out, I yeah. the only the only outcome I was going to be happy in this this situation is if I had full control over it and I had no control and I'm upset about that. And that's really uh, what it boils down to. But um, yeah, I don't know. Kentucky's back. I guess that's the ultimate takeaway. Yeah, and, and Iowa is back in a big way. 
Yeah, and Iowa on the flip side of that, I do hate that, you know, the the announcement is Jordan Bohannon's back for year six, you know, and I think they wanted Bohannon and Frederick back together we, we with yeah. the bands back together kind of thing. And uh, that is not the case with Iowa. I hope that they figure it out. I feel like Iowa has to dive into getting a different type of guard. You know what I mean? A, a Monte Morris type guard, not to bring yeah. up, you know, a rival, but a, a, a more athletic, rangy, you know, point guard to help. play against Oregon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or or Kentucky for that, that matter. Just, yeah, you know what I mean? Guy, a, a guy who can play in that game against Oregon and not mm-hmm. look over at the bench and be like, coach, I don't I don't know. What help. Do. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it's CJ Frederick's dad's yelling, help us on the way. Yeah, it's like the way helps on the way. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back, talk about some of these rule changes. Quick break to talk about our friends at Discover. You want to hear something amazing? Of course you do. Our longtime listeners already know that Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you consider where Discover is accepted, which is 99% of places in the United States that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. We're also brought to you by First Leaf. Who hasn't been there? You're standing in the wine aisle, staring at the shelves. Do you want a California red or maybe one from Oregon? Something organic? Maybe one with with the nice label, Tate. It's it's very overwhelming. I think uh, me my experience buying wine at stores is very much paralysis analysis analysis paralysis. Yeah, that's how you say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is. I, I enjoy that there are so many options but I also get very overwhelmed and I want someone to just make the decision for me, which is why I love First Leaf. First Leaf is a fully customizable wine club that sends curated boxes of wine that are perfect for you. And they have more award-winning wine than anyone else. With First Leaf, there's no guesswork, no misguided recommendations from an employee who doesn't know what you like. I hate that too. Like these, mm-hmm. these people that work at these grocery stores, they don't know. They just want to get you out of their face and they'll just say anything to you. And no frustration on your part. Each wine shipment is entirely customized to your unique palate and preferences. Unlike big big box wine memberships, First Leaf uses a one-of-a-kind algorithm and your feedback to curate future wine recommendations. The more wines you taste and review, the better the shipments get first leaf works directly with the world's best winemakers not only to find the best wines available but listen to this to pass the savings on to you saving you up to 60 percent off of retail i have been using first leaf for a while now this is one of my favorite sponsors that we have on the show they they hooked us up i i exclusively the only wine i drink now is first leaf i get like bottles sent to me i uh i have them here in my little refrigerator and I, I pretend like I know what the hell I'm talking about when I bust the <laughs> bottle out every so often. Save time, save money, and save stress with First Leaf, the wine club designed with you in mind. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. Six bottles of wine, $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work too. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save today. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com. That's Geico.com. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Sunday. See your lawn thrive this spring with your own custom lawn care plan from Sunday. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control your weeds, and remove pests. They take out the guesswork and all the unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets, 
and the planet. Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. I just went to GetSunday.com, put in my home address, and their free lawn analysis tool took care of the rest all in just seconds. Sunday uses all soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Sunday explains exactly what you get and why and everything is waiting at your door when you need it. It's so simple. All I had to do is attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. Lawn care used to take up the whole day. Now it takes less than 15 minutes. Best of all, this stuff really works and our grass my grass, your grass, all the grass in the world will look better with Sunday. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash Titus and Tate to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's again, $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Titus and Tate. No excuses, America. All, yeah. all you guys, I know we have a lot of listeners in the Midwest and the South mm. with lawns and you guys are lazy and you don't want to do your lawn. Sunday makes it easy. Go get Sunday. 15 get minutes. Your, get your lawn. Figure it out. Figure yeah. out your lawn situation. Come on. Come on. Back to Tyson Tate. Shout out to our guy, Matt Norlander, uh, for organizing all this. We do respect <laughs> the biz, Tate. We, we've always felt that way. I think, uh, you know, yep. this, could be, this could be a cutthroat business that we're in where uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of us compete for scoops. A lot of us compete for audiences. It's an information um, war, you know, at yes, the end of the day. But uh, you and I have always been very respectful of our colleagues and uh, mm. in, in the sense that they do the work we don't want to do. <laughs> this, we, we love the Yahoo triumvirate uh, digging, digging into the FBI scandal. And uh, I, I bring that up because Matt Norlander has done the dirty work on these uh, these rule changes that are going on, that they're voting yep. on at NCAA HQ, put it together in a nice little uh, article with bullet points that was very easy to consume. Shout out Matt Norlander. We love you for it. Uh, and I feel like we should talk about this because I know we I know we mentioned it when the proposals were thrown out earlier, but it was hard to suss out like what was just like a crazy idea and what was like, Oh, is this actually maybe real going to happen? Yeah. Um, and it feels like we had, we're closer to understanding that thanks to Matt Norlander who, who <laughs> uh, was, was getting into the weeds, calling the people talking about mm. what is, what, uh, which of these proposals are likely to pass. How did he say it? Like which ones are likely to pass, which ones are unlikely, mm-hmm. which ones they might use for an NIT experiment. Which yeah, I like a, yeah, two rules for the NIT experience. I love yeah. that's what the NIT has become. <laughs> a test. Like, let's just let's just use a beach ball for the NIT game. Let's see what happens. Let's just let's just see what happens. Let's just do it for a game and see what happens. Four point line. See what happens. But also take the NIT seriously, and uh, whoever wins, you get a banner, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll let you cut down nets and pretend like mm-hmm. it's a big deal. But also, let's play some wink, uh, wink. Yeah, <laughs> just throw some shit against the wall. Um, so he categorized them like this: likely, th- these are the two that he put as likely to pass. These are these are rule changes that we, uh, again, this is according to Matt Norlander. Um, rule changes that seem likely to pass by the NCAA. Number one. Laptops are going to be allowed on the benches for coaching purposes only. So yep. coaches tablets and laptops. Yep. yep. They could use tablets and laptops. Uh, the for coaching purposes only was intriguing to me because I'm trying to figure out what the hell else would they be doing <laughs> with the, they can't tweet from the, from the bench. Like what? I, I don't understand. Like I was just thinking about this. If you're Michael Musselman, this is a win. You know what I mean? Because you're yeah. trying to work. He's probably behind the bench right now. I believe he is like where the Gatorade coolers are. But if you're Michael Musselman, you have a laptop now. You can literally do live videos. He can be on <laughs> Twitch with Eric Musselman coaching the game uh, and giving commentary, you know. And it is a very uh, interesting wrinkle because it does feel like when you come out of the game and you go to the bench, you know, you're going to sit down. There's going to be a coach that's showing you 
you know, on a tablet, yes, which you just what, did that's wrong. Just gonna yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it but adds another wrinkle into the whole thing. It will. Yeah. I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a, a good rule. I just don't understand like why the, the caveat for coaching purposes only, like what else could you be doing? That's going to be a competitive advantage. I guess mm-hmm. DMing the best player on the other team. That I yes. <laughs> Help is on the way. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's no good. Um, but yeah, what, what else could you possibly be doing that would, uh, you know, I, I, whatever i'm I'm reading way too much into it i mean playing solitaire like, playing yeah, pinball like, <laughs> two flash games i just love the idea of like a ref giving a technical foul to ohio state because dave Egelhoff was playing solitaire on his yeah. ipad <laughs> hey is that a spider <laughs> solitaire <laughs> sale <laughs> <laughs> uh the other rule that is likely to pass and this one boy if you have gray hair uh, make sure you're sitting down. Make sure your your blood pressure's at a good spot because oh, what yeah. I'm about to say this is, is not going good to get you mm. fired up. Uh, traveling has basically been legalized in college basketball tape. That's that's what we're learning. We're we're on the verge of traveling being legalized. Spin moves, the one legged step backs, the Luka Doncic slash James Harden like gather step and then two steps and then a landing step for your step back. Um, <laughs> All the gather of that, step. That's my favorite step. step. The gather step, where it's not a step because you are gathering the ball, so yes. it does not count. And then you get two count. steps after the fact. Yes. And then you get two steps. And then if, if depending <laughs> on how many All Star games you've made, you get another. You get three steps. You get. Three you know, steps. if you're LeBron, you get three steps. If you're Luca, you get three steps. For every four. If you're All-Star Will Barton, games, travel. Yeah. For every four all-star games, you get a half extra step. I don't know what the ratio is, but the refs always are computing that. Their head is attacking. <laughs> um. This is this is this is apparently something that is going to happen in college basketball. And uh, as a man who does have gray hair in my beard, uh, mm. I I am going to put my foot down and say I don't like this. In fact, I hate this uh, because this is dumb. And I I, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. And beyond beyond that, beyond it, just like being like we know what a travel is. That, that's one of the more frustrating things about watching NBA is like you call out travels and then people will will jump down your throat and be like no dude look at the, the rule book and i'm like i don't care what the rule book says i know what a travel is yeah, i went exactly. to billy keller basketball camp when i was growing <laughs> up and he yep. taught me about a pivot foot mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and he taught me about if you pick yeah. up your pivot foot and put it yeah. back down that's a travel so shut the hell up i don't want to hear mm-hmm. about your gather steps and whatever else if james harden is doing a step back and then taking the ball behind his back without dribbling <laughs> and then taking another step <laughs> taking to the side step, you're like what <laughs> I mean, you just know it's like pornography, as they say, like, you, you know, it when you see it, mm-hmm. that's a travel. And uh, one thing that I have loved about college basketball is that they don't play that shit. If a guy catches a ball and, and pump fakes too fast, that, that happens a lot in college basketball, especially freshmen that have been playing a lot of AAU and they come into the, uh, you know, they're playing at Kansas or something. They catch a ball on a wing, try to pump fake real quick and go to the basket and they drag Andrew the Wiggins. Hook. Yeah. <laughs> travel yep. and then they look at the ref they look at bill self and bill self's like dude you're an idiot like this is how like welcome to college. he just waves them off <laughs> um i like that i like i like that that and, and i guess the idea is that by allowing traveling you're allowing more exciting plays you're allowing guys to get away with more stuff which increases scoring and whatever whatever uh, i hear all that i say no and uh the uh, one of the biggest reasons i think i say no to this tate is that i don't see the refs actually sticking to this I say my prediction is by January, there's going to be just like wild inconsistencies of like Ted Valentine still calling travel the way he thinks it should be called. And then like some of the younger refs are like, well, they said this is the rule book. So I'm going to change my views on traveling and it's going to be all over the place. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be madness out there. And I think eventually 
yeah. it feels like the time that Teddy, you know, pulls to Roy Williams and says the game has passed me by. I, yes. I do think uh, this could be the year if this does pass where, like you said, you know, Caleb Love does like this Euro step move that is totally acceptable. Luca just did it last night on ESPN and Teddy Valentine's like, Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. No way. Uh, and Huber Davis loses his mind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's then, the, the coaches have to placate to this idea yes. because the players want to do that stuff and they want to be in the NBA and you have to act like that's the other part of this whole rule that I don't really mind because we have to. I mean, I, I mind that we have to placate the NBA, but I also don't mind because at the end of the day, you want to get if we're going to be the the nominal or the, the non-nominal, you know, minor league for, you know, for NBA basketball then just let them play a similar type brand, at least at least have some sort of similarity where like someone can get prepared for the NBA. Cause the yeah. worst thing that's happening now is that these kids have no place to get ready for the NBA at all. You could say it's the G league, but that's still not the NBA. And then you jump up to the real NBA and Bradley Beal's taking your cookies and you know, yes. you just, you're getting called for traveling and you're looking over and you're like, what do you mean? I, I thought that I could travel in this league. Um, like and, not yet, not yet. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Smith jr. Is a great example of this. He got the league and was like, wait a second. I, this is not, I am, I'm not LeBron. <laughs> what, what do you mean? And I don't know. I, I, I feel like if, if college basketball in some way can get you more prepared and it's similar officiating that will help. But I, there's no way that the officials that we have Carl Hess, isn't making this call. Teddy Valentine is, isn't making this call. Right. You know, and that's. Well, it's a philosophical debate that's uh, been raging in college basketball since the one and done era started, which is like, yeah. is what is the purpose of college basketball? And is it to get guys ready for the NBA? Or is it like we should have our own ecosystem, our own entity, our own. Mm -hmm. Who gives a shit if the NBA loves this rule and the NBA fans love it that you can call timeout and advance the ball. Cool. If you love it, watch the NBA, like this is college <laughs> and we have these rules and this is how yeah. this game works. You know, like yeah. we shouldn't try to be the G league. You have the G league for that. So why do mm -hmm. we need that? But then I understand your point too, which is that ultimately this is what these guys want to do is go professional. So, I mean that, that we've had this discussion a million times about like the differences between like John Calipari's approach to, you know, that like Cal has won one national title, but he's produced so many NBA players that, uh, in John Calipari's mind, he's like, I have been the greatest coach during this run at Kentucky than anyone else because look at all the guys I put in the NBA. Whereas, like, Jay Wright's like, dude, I've won two, two national yeah. titles. I've won twice as many national titles as mm -hmm. you have in the last five years. So how are you better than me? Um, and, and I don't know what the answer is. I guess it just depends on your preference. My preference has always been uh, the NBA exists over there. And if I want the NBA, I'll go open that door. Mm -hmm. I don't want the – if I want college, I'll open that door. And when I'm opening that door – I would rather be more college game, which doesn't mean I want it to be boring. It doesn't mean I don't want to like change rules and tweak things. But I think if you're saying the NBA does this, it seems fun. Let's the, the, the people on Reddit, the, the 14 year olds mm -hmm. on Reddit seem to love it. We should, we should try to make a product like that. So the youth love it. And I think that's a huge mistake. If that's I, your mindset. We, and we also can't, I mean, I, I want to stress the fact that it is a Euro step for a reason. If we want to recruit these guys to come over and play college basketball and, and try to use it as a platform. And we get some of the top European players like Igor who just went yeah. to Virginia and like Sabonis who went to Gonzaga and all those types of guys, you know, coming over Hachimura who went to Gonzaga as well. Gonzaga has obviously been controlling the international game. If it's more FIBA, basketball yeah. i'm cool with that too because i yeah i wouldn't mind if olympic basketball got back to the college you know age players where it's like you know 19 to 25 range mm -hmm. and uh that could be cool if it's all fiba basketball related and you fun. know a euro step is I, I i'm trying to frame it in a positive light because i know it's coming anyway and yeah there's a certain aspect of me where it's like 
I understand. I'm not against it. I'm just yeah. against the mindset. I guess that's a, the, yeah. I, mean, we, I got it feels you. like we do this show every off season where we talk about the rules that are coming <laughs> that they're changing, and that is always my point of view. Is like I'm not anti change. I'm anti change for the sake of change because you know that's what the NBA is doing, and we should mm-hmm. try to do what they're doing. You know, that's not always a quick fix. That's yeah. not always the quick fix or fact, the right answer. I mean, we yeah. just <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, we saw the we, we were going nuts over the the whoever put out the the rating the television ratings of the best, which like mm-hmm. I I don't really care about ratings until I'm made to care about them. And you know, when you're told college basketball is dead all the time, and then someone tweets something that's like, yeah, the top two non-football sports since last March for college basketball games has my attention. Sixteen million. None yeah. of them. None of the top ten were NBA games. Not a single NBA game correct the top ten. That has my mm-hmm. attention and. uh and I just, I, by the way, speaking of the ratings, I just love like watching NBA fans um, try to spin just, it, just trip over themselves. <laughs> like it's, it's impossible for people who love the NBA to just go, oh, how about that? Bad rating. Anyway, all right. So uh, I think I think the Nets are going to win the title. They can't just yeah, like say it like yeah. that. It's got to be like, oh, did we count the did we count the illegal streams in Bahrain? Did we did we factor those in? We, we the impressions of- is what I saw, Titus. I that that they got a billion impressions for the bubble. So like it doesn't matter about ratings. They got a billion impressions. Okay. So right. okay, well, there you go. You have take your billion impressions. How many shroot boxes are those worth? <laughs> <laughs> you and um, I get you and I get millions of impressions, so they can't be yeah, worth much. I so. know, no kidding. Like, <laughs> it's only like what we did in March. Do we like, can't be worth much. Tag, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, the, the reason I bring that up is because like the market is saying, like the the viewing public is saying, we don't necessarily love the NBA. Mm. Uh, there are people that love the NBA. Well, I like the NBA. Like I said, yeah. I, I just want the NBA to be over there, and if I want to open that door, I'll go through it. Um, so that I do find that odd that like we find ourselves every off season, like trying to steer towards what the NBA is when the public at large seems to be like steering away from the NBA, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. It does. Uh, it does. And at the end of the day, you know, I saw Mick Cronin and Mark Fewer trying to schedule a rematch game, you know, of the final four game this season, they were saying they would like to do it sooner rather than later. So they still have the hype. And the fact that we could potentially go in that game and have Johnny Juzang, a guy we know, you know, mm-hmm. go up against Drew Timmy, a guy we know and some of us and hate. Chet Holmgren. And Chet Holmgren, a face we all know. I mean, Dude, that, that is that is theater. You know what I mean? That's yeah. 20 million people that can tune into that game, and it's a regular season game because people want to see what Chet's about. People yeah. want to see the rematch of this game. And those are two programs that are West Coast basketball. So this is the unofficial Pac-12 update. But in general, I'm just saying college basketball is in a good spot. And I understand that. Spot. NBA fans want to argue and say it's not. And I understand we have to have the moral, you know, my my favorite thing about the college basketball rhetorical, you know, analysis that always occurs with you and I is that, you know, it's what a shame, you know, it's what a shame. And I can't be privy to that. I can't be a part of that. Mm. But there, there is so much, you know, good that is tangled up in this web of, of human uh, bags. (laughs) <laughs> and when and, and we you have to sift through it and it's not all good it's not all bad it's, sometimes it's ugly but at the end of the day there is a certain level of basketball purity that's tied to college basketball it's where of the course. game was taught through and that's why it's different than a pro team a pro team is a pro team you know yeah. people well, I mean, people don't play the same for a pro team the, as they the, do for a you know their alma mater the overt uh uh mission of the the two entities are different this is why i i again i feel like we've had mm-hmm. the conversation a million times but like the 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 ncaa as corrupt as it is as 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 motivated by money as it is um the reason they can't 
it, 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 it's self-destruction for the NCAA to pay players because their, their overt mission is to maintain amateurism. Their, their, mm. their mission on the surface, whatever they do under the table, like we know that that goes on and it's shady and it's messed up and we will, we will call that out when we see it. But the, the outward projection of what the NCAA wants to be is, is a place where, where students can in their free time play basketball and compete at a high level. And that's it. That's all they care about. So to them, the integrity of the game matters. Uh, whereas the NBA ultimately I've, I've made this point before. I don't know if it was on this show. I know I've, I, I, I joke about it with Charlotte on the other show I do uh, with, with Charlotte Wilder. Um, I would argue Tate that the NBA should like the idea of the NBA rigging games with, with refs and rigging, you know, like, cause this has been talked about, obviously Tim Donahue uh, uh, wrote a book about it and all that. Uh, it's, it's in their best interest to their business. Like if, <laughs> if the NBA wanted, if, if they looked at it and they decided we can make a shit ton of money, if the Nets and the Lakers play, of course they're going to try to make that happen. Right. Like, why wouldn't they? They're a bit, at the end of the day, they're a business. They don't care about, they should not be motivated by the quote unquote integrity of the game as much. So they should be able to say like, yeah, gather step, do it. Screw it. Who cares? If people like it, do it. It's, it's irresponsible. If like the fans got together and decided they wanted a four point line, the NBA would be idiots to not put a four point line in. Whereas yeah, I, college I, should not do that. They should, they should like really think about the, you know what the game is and what they're trying to do. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it kind of, I mean, to not to make it the, this not a this extreme, but it's wrestling, you know, right? It, yeah. I mean, we the, we know professional wrestling, which is an, a show that Vince McMahon has created and taken and you know, shot it to the moon. But when you are in high school and you wrestle, that is the different wrestling mm-hmm. that, that is a, mm-hmm. a pure version of the sport that then is taken to this you know, entertainment level. And, right. you know, I, I like to remind people of this all the time. Adam Silver was the NBA E president. The E was for entertainment. Mm-hmm. When people say that the NBA is like the Kardashians, that's not necessarily not by design. Of course, Adam Silver is an yeah. entertainment yeah. guy. That That is what it's an entertainment product. So at the end of the day, that is what we're going for. And um, uh, that's why basketball can't always be at the forefront. And the worst part about college basketball is that basketball can't be at the forefront in college basketball because there's so much money and there's so many, so many players that are involved. And I'm not talking about the actual basketball players. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. that's the other uh, part of it. I, f- I feel like we we had that exact that the, I was just getting deja vu the, the last like five minutes. Yeah. It feels like we talk about that all the time, but I don't know. It's relevant a lot, and I think it needs to be mentioned a lot because uh, you, you need context when you're discussing these things. And the idea of just like charging ahead and saying we should make college look exactly like the NBA, I think I think it's okay to pump the brakes and say who cares if Virginia is winning games forty nine to forty two? Like let's look at the bigger picture here and make sure mm-hmm. that like we're not just diving head first into trying to make scoring go up just for the sake of scoring go up that doesn't that, that doesn't solve the problem in fact it might create more problems for us down the road um yep. the, the so those are the those are the rules that that seem likely to pass according to our buddy matt norlander the ones that he say are nit experiments that might that are potential nit experiments coming are as you mentioned earlier uh fiba the the idea of college basketball being more like fiba one of the rules that might be an NIT experiment is the the FIBA goaltending rule, where the moment the ball hits the rim, it is live. So, like basically, offensive basket interference is not a thing anymore. And d- defensive uh, uh, goaltending, if the ball hits the rim, you can now like swat swat it away. You know, which mm-hmm. is always weird when you're watching the Olympics and you see that happen, and the American guys are always like thrown Shook off by, by it. it. What yeah. The hell just happened? <laughs> um, 
I, I don't hate that rule. I think, I think that's, that's a great rule. I would love to see that come to college basketball because uh, it eliminates those 50, 50 judgment calls that, that are very hard to make about whether the ball's in the cylinder. And even when you slow it down and you free, freeze it right there, freeze it, freeze it, <laughs> freeze it. The ball in the cylinder, it looks, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Dan, I don't know. That one's tough. I see it. Like it, it, it's, it looks like it's kind of in, but it's on its way out. And like, just get rid of all that. If it hits the rim, swat it away if it, and, and we're done. We don't have to talk yeah. about it anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. We're getting closer to FIBA now. That's, that's okay. If that's we good. get, the, I like that we, one. Yeah, yeah. FIBA rules are fun because at the end of the day, basketball is the second most popular sport in the world. And if you want to have some uh, allegiances, alliances, whatever you want to call it with European basketball, right. which is, you know, that they've created such great academies over there because we went and taught the game to them. I mean, this is the perfect time to, you know, endear yourself to that crowd. And I think it's a cool thing. You know, if you have, you know, countries like a Croatia or Lithuania or whatever it may be, have a program in the States that they really care about. It's kind of like the Jaguars fans in London, you yeah. know, that they, yeah. <laughs> they're all in on the Jaguars. Like, I like that idea. That would we be should fun. explicitly have that set up. Like, are there, are there like colleges that are like, are Croatian colleges in America, like, like embassies, <laughs> there's like an embassy. We gotta, we gotta do our research. Let us gonna know. Get, we're going to get charter schools. That's what's going to happen. They're going to get, they're just going to start like, uh, these these uh these academies and charter schools just drop them in america apply to be d1 and then suddenly it's like a team full of croatians that are <laughs> based out of like atlanta <laughs> uh -huh. yeah i like this is called like the croatian university of america <laughs> see you clemson's upset they're like <laughs> <laughs> so they just wreck everybody done <laughs> did, I just solve, did i just save college basketball i think i did i mean uh well, the other, the other one is two timeout limit under two minutes to play. That seems to be headed for NIT experiment, is which is basically like when there's two minutes left, you can't just be calling timeouts left and right to slow the game down, like figure it out. I want to see the uh, the live ball, no live ball timeouts. I like that. That's a fever rule, right? That you can't mm -hmm. uh, you can't call timeout if the ball is live. You have you can only call it. Dead ball. I love that rule. <laughs> I want to see that rule. That that comes to college. That the coaches would be absolutely shook. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That so yeah, I was that changes like the strategy of eight out of ten coaches in college basketball because really college basketball coaching at some level is micromanaging. So yes. if they if they can't call a timeout and say I'm upset uh, with how things are going right now, then that's that's good theater. You talk about other, good theater for college basketball. There it is. Although other coaches, Jawan Howard, uh, Roy would have certainly loved it to the to, to oh, not yeah. have to, to not have to answer questions in post game press conferences where you're like. Why didn't you call time D out? Dana? I would have thought about taking it, but I but you know the rules. I got yeah, I, I gotta be honest. You know, in that situation, I was thinking to myself, I wish this was last year because I would have called time out right there. But <laughs> unfortunately, rules. <laughs> rules goes. are rules. Uh and then the two big ones that Norlander seems to not know where they're gonna fall. These are gonna be the big debates, are uh what he is calling quasi quarters. So basically, like there, the only level of basketball in the world that is played with halves is men's college basketball. And the reason that still exists this way is because it's been this way forever is kind of mm -hmm. the reason that's really it. And that uh, contracts have been sold. Basically that, that that's the explanation <laughs> is like, we, we, we sell contracts based on under 12 timeout, under eight timeout, uh, whatever mm -hmm. you break that up. We don't know what to do. We, we can't force <laughs> the Majeure. system is flawed. Yes. We cannot force majeure that many contracts. <laughs> so we have to continue rolling as is with the system. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the debate about uh, whether America should go to the metric system. And it always comes back to just like, that would be impossible to change like all the signs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. simple as that. It's like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but like, honestly, 
We'd have to take down every speed limit sign and put up a new one. No, that's too much work. That's yeah, much yeah, can't do that. That's kind of what this is. Um, but the the workaround is resetting team fouls at the ten minute mark of each half, which would basically have like it'd be structured in quarters. It, I, I don't, I don't, I don't love this. I, I understand why people want this because, uh, you know, the, the, this this is the fight against teams getting in the bonus with like, you know, seven minutes into a half. And then mm. now you, for the next 13 minutes, you're shooting free throws every time there's a foul. Um, I, I say foul less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Foul less. Yeah. And I love it, the one and one too. I don't want to get rid of one and one. Yeah. Don't do that. I, I think it brings me to the the big one, which is the sixth foul, right? Is that the next one? That's going to be the big controversial yes, one. That's the next one that they're, mm. they're having a big debate is whether, whether players should get six fouls instead of five, which I also don't love because uh, the, 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 the ratio works out perfectly with an NBA game. And and they get six fouls because they play longer games. We get forty eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. We have forty eight minute games. It's every twelve minutes you get a foul. That's how it works in college too. Every twelve minutes, you get a foul. And and the weird wrinkle with this six foul proposal is that it's a you can only have if you have four fouls in a single half, you can foul out of the game, right? So like that's the other strange part of this. It's not just six fouls that you have. It's like if you have zero fouls in the first half, go to the second half and then have four fouls, you foul out of the game. Because yeah. you can't have more than three fouls and a half, and that is a very strange. Wing. I feel like if you have zero fouls in the first half, you should still have five fouls in the second half, and then that's your cap is five. And if you had, you know what I mean. And then if you I have one, I, it would I be think six. It's all, I, but by the way, know. by the way, put down your phone. You don't have to tweet at me. I know I I said it's a foul every twelve minutes. I meant to say eight. Calm down, everybody. Um, the uh uh. Uh, the, the, the work, the, the one thing I would see with fouls, cause like that was the here, dose. That was the second dose. Yeah. That was the second dose kicking in. Mm-hmm. My math was off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, the, 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 the sussing all this out would be so confusing. And I don't, I, I think it's, I, I, I don't, I don't want this at all for that reason, but I do think you should be able to come back and, or I think you should get an extra foul if it goes overtime. I think that's fair. Right. If you're, mm-hmm. if I, but if you foul out, I think you should be out. So if you have five fouls and then it goes to overtime, I don't think you can come back into the game. I think it should be if you have four fouls and now the game goes to overtime, you don't necessarily have to play with a tight butthole because you'll get like a bonus foul now and you don't have, you know, and you can like relax a little bit. Yeah. So where you can get six. It just seems like a mess. It's it's already like a mess. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems very simple right now. You have five fouls. Uh, We had the lowest rate. I saw Mike DeCourcy. Had said this, you know, uh, that this was the lowest rate of fouls this season in college basketball. So, you know, we've been getting away from fouls. There's been more free flow of play. That's what everybody right. wants. They want less fouls. They want less choppy games. So we're, we're trying to get away from that. I feel like adding in a foul adds just, in the idea yeah, just, of more muck. Uh, we The old true. Big East did this, that's by true. the way. They did this in the 19, I think it was 1990s, Syracuse. Uh, they compared basketball to rugby, which I... I like the idea of the old Big East that is now uh, coming back as the new Big East goes back to rugby style. Let's fi- let's foul everybody. Let's knock people on their ass. That would be fun, but it would hurt just at large. Like it would be fun in a pocket like the old Big East, but outside of that, it, it would be annoying. Yeah, didn't like the ACC have a three point line before everyone else too back yeah. in the day? That yeah, they cut like right through like the free throw line. <laughs> it yeah, like, it just it looked like ridiculous. Yeah, I love the idea of conferences doing their own rules too. By the way, mm-hmm. now, like if you watch the Big East, you get seven fouls. <laughs> I mean, and the and the Pac twelve was like we only you only get four. We don't want anybody fouling at all. <laughs> yeah, we, we want less fouls here. We want less fouls. <laughs> 
I mean, the awesome. dumbest rule ever in history is the slam dunk rule that you couldn't dunk. Yeah, I mean, I that know. that is the funniest rule ever. And the fact that that existed and then they brought it back and then they brought in the three point line. I mean, basketball, you know, you hear about the four point line and it seems seems insane because you're like, we can't change basketball, but it changes and fluctuates so much that who knows? At this I point. could see. I don't think a four. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a great point. It is very much basketball is very much a an evolving game in a way that like baseball certainly isn't. Even and, and golf. I mean, there's been some talk about um, the NBA making a dunk a three point. You know, think about that. I think I love that idea actually. <laughs> it seems. I mean, stupid, but but it see it seems stupid, but also like it 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 almost incentivizes guys to try to game on it. Exactly, other, exactly, and and it and it kind of helps with the spacing of things, you know, because it's like, dang, you know, they're trying to get a dunk, and then also at the basket, talk about that. I mean, you you want to bring back the old, uh, yeah. we're gonna foul you in the playoffs like hard. If you're trying to stop someone from getting three points on a dunk down three, and they're saying like, if Paul George is like, I don't want to take a fadeaway three, I just want to yam on you. But That's then you only get if you get fouled trying to dunk, you only get two free throws. Yeah. So like, so like guys are incentivized to just like close. <laughs> Bill Ambeer is like cracking his knuckles. He's like, I, I got. He's like, this is my game. Me. Yeah. I got one more run in me. Someone sign me. Uh, ultimately, the the way to fix college basketball, as we know, as I've been saying for years, is just to ban charges. I've I I guess I don't understand why this isn't. Uh, discussed. I don't understand why this isn't a proposal. That's how you fix the muck, Tate. That's how you fix mm. everything. Uh, I'm not going to lay it out for everyone listening. If this is, if you're new to my argument, banning charges, uh, go read, go read an article I wrote like five years ago about it, and and then come back to me. So mm. uh, I don't want to get rid of offensive fouls. I want to get rid of charges. It's a movement that is gaining steam. I see more and more people jumping on board, Tate. Uh, Jim Delaney was famous. was probably the uh, most powerful man I knew that was on board with me. Uh, I talked to him about it at a, at a conference one time. He was like, dude, you're, you're speaking my language. I was like, really? Cause I, I thought he was going to look at me and be like, you're out of your mind. This is, mm -hmm. that is big 10 basketball. And he was like, I've been trying to get rid of charges for years. And I'm like, well, he's a Carolina guy. We got to yeah. get rid of charges. So Duke can't even the playing field. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I was like, Jim, uh, don't you have the power to do that? And he's like, stop asking questions. young man." And was, no. <laughs> he just pointed to Mickey Mouse. He's like, it's that, it's that, but guy. I think, I think that solves a lot of problems. And like you said, I think they're uh, with, with, with fouls being down. I think a lot of these rule ideas are, are addressing problems that don't actually exist. I think mm -hmm. like, and, and and the other thing we should say with like this idea of college basketball being unwatchable or mucky or, or whatever else, I think there's just more college basketball available to you that you can watch like basically every game now that th this idea that like in the nineties, it was so much better. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I, I go back and watch some of these old games on YouTube, but they look like garbage too. Like it looks ridiculous. <laughs> the team goes zone and they just like pass Everyone just stands still and passes it around. And mm -hmm. then someone throws up a shot and that's like all it is. And that's kind of what it still is in a lot of ways, but it, <laughs> other, other ways it's not, I don't know. It depends on the game. That's my point. And that yeah. now there, you can watch so many of these games that if you watch a ton of college basketball, chances are, at some point throughout a week, you're going to watch like two or three games that are just garbage that are just like that. No one can hit a shot. There's a ton of turnovers, but you're probably going to watch a handful that are awesome and, and are very high scoring and fun to watch and, and electric in a lot of ways. So uh, I think a lot of the discussion is more perception. It is more like, yep. I have, I have seen like this past season, I watched 27 games that were quote unquote unwatchable. And that's the most I've ever watched. And th that means that there's a there's a problem in college basketball. It's like no, if if every single game back in 1988 
was on television, you would have also probably watched 27 games that were dog shit. And you're like, I, I don't know how anyone can watch this. You know, mm. that's my, mm. that's my take on it. I think we're just watching more and it's, it's messing with our brains thinking that this is a problem when it's really not. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm yeah. Off. And let's be honest. I mean, you couldn't even watch that many games. Like when you, when you saw someone play like Michael Jordan's first game, you know, his freshman year was their, I think 13th game of the season, 12th game of the season when and they the played at Madison saw, Square Garden was at Rutgers you, against Rutgers. Yeah. The only games they put on TV were like the best games. Exactly. They only yeah. had one. This is the game of the week and it's yeah. going to be, and I know I'm on TV, so I'm going to play. It's like Rondo when yeah. he's on national TV. Yeah. That's how every yeah. player was back then. It's like, Oh, this is prime time. I got to make a name for myself. This is my one shining moment. You know, quote unquote i gotta you do this you couldn't watch nebraska versus penn state anywhere in america mm-hmm. uh, like all over the country like you can now when nebraska plays penn state at, with a 6 30 eastern tip on a tuesday night and and you know you live in in vermont you can watch that game or you live yep. in, in san diego you can watch that game yep and that was certainly not the case 30 years ago uh no anything else uh, the last shout out, yeah. To I was gonna say the last thing I wanted to we could this could be in shout outs. I wanted to shout out Jalen Green uh for doing the Lord's work for us mm-hmm. uh by letting the world know that uh if you go play college basketball, you could be the number one pick. And uh, you know, he tweeted it, uh tipped in edits, uh, you know, found this tweet, put it out to the world that basically Jalen Green said, you know, I'm happy I did the G League experience, but you know, if I had gone to college, I'd be the number one pick. And I wanted to ask you, Titus, do you think if Jalen Green Went to college, he would have been the number one pick over Cade Cunningham. Well, great question because, as you know, I watched a lot of Jalen Green this yep, year. I watched every did. Ignite game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I broke his game down. I think Jalen Green, uh, to me, the answer to that question is yes. I think Jalen Green would have definitely been the number one pick. I think yep. this, I think going to the G League was a massive mistake, and I think it's going to cost him in the end. And I say this again as a guy who watched every single second of Jalen Green, and I've I've watched him his whole life. Like I've been locked mm-hmm. in on Jalen Green. I have his jersey with the G League Ignite team. Um, who's Jalen Green again? Yeah, I will say, is when anyone says it's a fact, he said it's a fact that would have been the number one yeah. pick. Usually it's never a fact when someone follows up uh, with that preference. Was he and, supposed to be better uh, than Kaminga, or is Kaminga better than him? I don't know. According, somebody- to, according to Kevin O'Connor, Jalen Green is number four on his big board with mm-hmm. shades of our favorite, our favorite, shades of Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, and Malik Monk. I don't even know what that means. That's who Jalen Green has shades of. Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga is number five on K- KOC's big board. Shades of Danny Green, Luau Day, and Jeff Green, my God, what what a uh, interesting package there from KOC. And then we have three college players. Uh, he has Suggs at number three, he has Mobley at number two, and he has Kate at number one. So three Love college that. players are top three. Two I G League that. guys are four and five. If it were reversed, those two guys were one and two, and we had three college guys that were three, four, and five. You, Could you imagine the news cycle? Do you think KOC is going to come on the show to talk about the draft this year? Or do you think he's out because there's no European? There's I think he's out. European. Let's see where the first European is on his big he can, board. Um, he can hype up for us. Oh, it's, Fran, it's Franz, Va- Franz, Franz Wagner. Wagner. <laughs> so, count. number eight. Count. Yeah. I mean, it's college basketball, so that's good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a win for us still. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, he there's does no not have it. There's no one from Barcelona. It, it no is from, all. It's all college basketball. Let's go, KOC. Welcome to the dark side. So oh it's basically Jalen Green and Kaminga. Those are the guys that we're competing against now as a college basketball uh, entity. Community. Yeah. Community. Yeah. How about that? All right. Well, we'll have him on because I'm, I'm Kevin. Corey Kispert very, at number 13. Kevin, very well, maybe the only person on earth who watched both of those guys play in the G League. So. 
He's got Jalen Johnson at number twelve. The, the our Duffy winner oh, for opting out. So. Opting out. He he. I think I think you got to latch onto him if you're Anthony. Oh. Like I think he gets thrown in with the G League guys. He is. He, yeah, he's a he's part of the big. Th- yeah. That's the big three right there. It's he's uh, shaking yeah. up the system because that's really all it is. All the European prospects, all the G League prospects, the guys from Australia, the the you know the R J Hamptons of the world. All of these guys. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is just like chip at the foundation. Of yeah, college Brandon basketball. Jennings, Emmanuel Mudiay. Jalen yeah. Johnson counts as one of those guys that was chipping at the foundation of, of college do, basketball. Do you want to hear Jalen Johnson's shades? First of all, I, I watched Jalen Johnson play one game that I remember. That was his first game where he had like 19 and 17 or whatever it was. And uh, here are his shades of Aaron Gordon. Wow, that's that's huge. Uh, Rudy Gay. Also, I didn't see it. And then this is the best one: bigger R.J. Barrett. I love draft guides. Shades. Shades They're up. hilarious. Shades of KOC come on the show. Please, uh, KOC. Any shout outs before we go? Honestly, uh, that was my big shout out to was him. It? Shout out uh, to Jalen Green. Yeah, shout out to Jalen Green. Just, for, I mean, he's doing our job. And uh, uh, I wanted to shout out Matt Darty too, uh, also. Uh, Matt Darty said, if I had to do it over again, I would have stayed at Notre Dame. This is obviously the coach mm-hmm. that went to North Carolina before Roy Williams came. And it, it made me think, uh, I wanted to shout out Mike Bray because what could have been? If he went somewhere else, uh, if if Matt Darty decided to stay in Notre Dame, so where does Mike Bray go from Delaware? If not, I was thinking Villanova because yeah. Villanova hires Jay Wright in two thousand one, so yeah, maybe yeah, Mike Bray gets out. Yeah, he gets ahead of it. Yeah, he couldn't go to Maryland. Maryland was the one because he was at Dematha, and yeah, but Gary Williams is during the prime. It makes sense for him to be at a Catholic school, I guess, just because I yeah. associate him with Notre Dame, which is backwards thinking, but that's how Boston College maybe. Yeah. Villanova, Villanova is a great answer. I think he ends up at Villanova, maybe somehow. Mm. I, I think Villanova fans are happy with Jay Wright, I think, but I think so. Yeah, I think so. Mike Bray, yeah. man, what a, what a different world it would have been. I also think about if Mike Bray is the only guy who could save Duke's brand from being hated forever. I think Mike Bray can make Duke cool. Oh, that's a great, that's a great hypothetical. We should save that for another show. Is like, mm. what could, what, what does the Coach K successor power rankings look like to make Duke likable? Yeah, to make America mm-hmm. on Duke's side. I think the top has to be like Grant Hill. I think you yeah. have Grant Hill and and people are in. And people mm-hmm. are like, this is cool. He's too big, though. He's USA yeah. Basketball now. Yeah. He's above I'd, it. I'd, I'd have to think about it. Shane Battier is not the answer. Shane Battier is close. He's cut from the same cloth of Grant but, Hill. But, but they're so not, hated. That's the problem. Yeah. Like the ones that you want to be, you know, the, the Duke faces that come in, they're all hated. So it's hard. Mike Dunleavy Jr. is another guy that I don't I think, think Grant's hated. Is he that much? Grant's not hated, of course, but no, Grant but Grant's above. Is. Yeah, yeah. Betty is definitely hated. Betty is definitely hated. Uh, I want to shout out the Indiana Pacers, my beloved Indiana mm. Pacers, my hometown Pacers, uh, a team that I, I uh, you know, I, I debated whether I should shout them out because I spent so much time talking about them. As everyone knows, <laughs> I think when you hear Indiana Pacers, if if you're not thinking of me right away, um, then I haven't done a good enough job of letting it be known just how much I love this team. Uh, they're bottoming out, Tate. This, the, 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 yeah. the, the Pacers are a disaster, and it, it brings me great joy to say that because this is all I've ever wanted from the Pacers is to have to, to tank. This is all I've ever wanted. I wanted them to take. Uh, who's their coach? Nate Borgen? Borkin? Borkren. Borkren? Yeah. Apparently, uh, the sky is falling in, in, in Indy. Um, everybody is out on this guy. There's there's turmoil in the locker room. They're not winning games. The Pacers of old that we are all used to, who uh, try their best, really believe that they might be able to compete with the uh, the whoever the it's usually LeBron, but you know <laughs> sometimes it's Jordan going back to the days. now it's KD and the Nets. Yeah, for a while it was Ewing and the 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 Knicks. Uh, 
the, the, the thing with the Pacers is always be good enough to lose to the best team in the NBA in the playoffs. Um, recently they have lost, I believe five straight first round playoff series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've made the playoffs each of the last five years and lost in the first round. This is what we've been accustomed to seeing from the Pacers at long last date. They're they're They appear to be waving the white flag. They're going to bottom out, try to get a decent draft pick in the lottery. This is all I've ever wanted because it's so frustrating watching the, the, the cycle of mediocrity of like good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to win. So you neither compete for a title nor get a good draft pick and make yourself better. And you just keep running that hamster wheel over and over. Yeah. But finally we might be getting off the hamster wheel. It might be happening. Yeah. I feel bad for Sabonis. Uh, there was basically a fight on the bench the other night uh, between Nate and uh, I can't remember who it was, but you know, it, you could feel it in the air that it was over for Borkren uh, for mm-hmm. him to probably be done there. He was trying to, you know, make a statement, I think for himself if- and say, I, I'm willing to fight for this. <laughs> if you think for one second the Indiana Pacers aren't going to get like the ninth pick in this draft and draft Corey Kispert, you are an absolute idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Honestly, they might trade back to like 13 and get Kispert. <laughs> <Do> Kispert. <laughs> yeah. It'd be funny if Juzang's in the draft and they're all like, oh my God, they're going to get Johnny Juzang. He's the next Reggie He's Miller the... from UCLA. Yeah, and they yeah. take Kispert. <laughs> they take Kispert. <laughs> That's what we want. Uh, that would be good. Um, what else? I want to shout out Luke Murray going to UConn. Uh, oh, yep. Yeah. We, he, uh, that, that, that was a situation that we were certainly monitoring with, with his exit from Louisville. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think he ended up at a better place. Yeah. I say so. I think this Dan is- Hurley came on our show and also, you know, Luke Murray's got Bill Murray. He's got, he got his dad behind him. So now Bill Murray's a UConn basketball fan. It's a strong brand, honestly. Like, I mean, Louisville's a strong brand as well. Um, but it did feel like Luke Murray wasn't getting his due there. And now, you know, go no, you there. said it. Dan Hurley came on our show. Chris Mack declined us. So yeah. it is what it is. We're going to carry water <laughs> for Dan Hurley over Chris Mack. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, Mike, Mike Rutherford comes on the show all the time, but uh, he is not the head coach of Louisville. Mm-hmm. So one day when he is. One day when he is, we'll, we'll be back change. on the Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? I wanted to shout out. Oh, I, I ended up giving. I know people follow this saga very closely. I ended up giving $35 to the Purdue Gate giving. So I, I am officially a Purdue booster for another year. I just wanted Congrats. to. Congrats. Uh, I know I had talked about maybe not doing that because of Mackey Arena's role in Ohio State losing in the NCAA tournament, but uh, ultimately my mother wanted me to, so I just want to go on record that uh, I am a Purdue booster. I still am, and uh, I nice. am, uh, yeah, I, I, I dark horse team for a title yep. next year, yep. Big Ten my, title. So there you yep. go. If, and if they win, I'll probably be there celebrating in the locker room as mm-hmm. a booster. I think mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's how it works. That's how it works. Uh, and finally, I want to shout out our colleague Nick Wright, who today on his program uh, is catching a lot of heat for saying that Chris Paul should win the Most Valuable Player Award in the National Basketball Association over Jokic. He is he's apparently a man who is not believe he's not a believer of Jokic and uh I just want Nick Wright to come on the program and discuss this because I love that man so much I love him so much so uh, I mean he's he's not wrong to argue that Chris Paul is the most valuable when you talk about the the literal oh, definition no. of valuable but I will say Jokic and Embiid that was the race all year and Jokic won it because Embiid you know just had but to miss some games and yeah this is why I want this is why I want Nick to come on the show because I think he would love like I think we all have the same brain where it's like uh when we talk about most is most valuable most talented best best stats most yeah the, my, <laughs> most my there there are two the de- there like for me there's like most outstanding which is the guy who is the best like the dante divincenzo in uh-huh. the final four you know like that's he was outstanding 
he's not the most valuable, but he's the most outstanding. Right. And then value is, I mean, that's why Chris Paul, for me, I mean, his value is obviously up there. The, the Suns don't make the playoffs. They obviously go 8-0 in the bubble, but now they're the number two seed. But also, if you're looking at it straight up by the records, how it used to be, who the number one seed is, Embiid should be the MVP because mm-hmm. Embiid has the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, which, you know, is obviously you're battling a powerhouse there with the Nets and with the Bucks, a team that's been perennially the one seed and has mm-hmm. what some people would say the best player in basketball in Giannis. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's MVP... a really dumb debate because in NBA de- MVP debates, they don't have any precedent, you yeah. know? Like Russell yeah. Westbrook ruined precedent. So now there is no precedent. So no one even knows who the MVP can be. That's why Steph Curry's getting so much hype. Because if we base it on their Westbrook year, Curry should be the MVP. Does the MVP matter <laughs> as know. much as you think it does? Because it feels like it always does in the moment. But then I it think it does for on, like, Bill's pyramid. Won. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think back on who's won MVPs and it's it seems like I I, I don't actually care. I don't, mm-hmm. and I feel that way about the NFL too. Is that like that? It's I I think I just feel that way over. It, it must just be. I guess I'm a hypocrite because college basketball, I do seem to care about who wins national player of the year, but uh, it's the sport I care about most. So maybe I'm just a hypocrite. But yeah, I always find myself like getting invested in like who's going to win the NFL MVP, the NBA MVP. Yeah, and then they win, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I agree. I disagree. Whatever. And then like six months pass, and I'm like, who won the MVP last year again? Exactly. It, like, it does I forgot, seem. I forgot Aaron Rodgers won the MVP in the NFL until like this recent thing with him and the Packers came up, and he starts. He's getting referenced as the MVP, and I was like, that's right. Rodgers did win the MVP. I forgot about that. It's also PR warfare to win the MVP, you know, especially in the NBA. It's like every time yeah. you have like a good streak, your people, your team puts out that Dame Lillard should win the MVP, you know. Also, it, you got like Julius <laughs> Randle going to the line at Madison Square Garden and they're chanting MVP. Exactly. It, it's got it's reached that point where just like the best player on every team gets MVP chance. When he's, I mean, Curry's Edwards. got <laughs> – yeah, Anthony Edwards is the best. I do – I will say this. I hope that the NBA is smart enough to give the uh, rookie of the year to both those guys, to LaMelo yeah. and to Anthony Edwards. Love that would be good. Love split MVPs. Yeah. Love split yeah. – or split uh, – split rookie, rookie of the year. That's a yeah. great idea. That's what that's we need. That's a what, what was that? Not, was that ninety five kid in Grant Hill? Kid in Grant Hill. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I remember it. You know why? That's I what I'm saying. It, it was awesome. It was, and I they're both so likable. Like, Whoa! They both won. <laughs> like we need both those guys. You know, you need Lamelo and you need Anthony Edwards to buy into the NBA. And if you give them both yes. the award, they're they're invested. Like, you don't they're want, all the way in. You don't want the guy who doesn't win to uh, like be bitter about the uh, the 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 structure the of the NBA to, to feel like he's not a part of the community mm-hmm. of the like you want them yeah. both to be plugged in and be faces of the league type exactly like or at least think they are you know like be part of the family and Wiseman's gonna be fine because he's in with the Warriors so like that top three is a really solid three as much as people hated on that draft all three of those guys I really like so yeah all right well that's it. it that's uh that's the show we'll see you guys next week thanks everybody.